0: You're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. So, so far we've been talking about a whole lot of different things when it comes to heaven when it comes to home what are we going to do there and what's it going to be like and and what can we expect and what's God going to do and and I just pray that our hearts are excited you know we've been talking about how there is this tension at times between you know wanting to go to heaven and yet there's this like wait I've got things to do here and and some of you might even be saying like you know to be honest going into this series I haven't even looked forward to heaven at all I've been more afraid of it or misunderstood it or I just pray that this series is clearing some of those misconceptions up and we're getting excited about what God has prepared for us. And so let me remind you some of the places we've been. We've talked about the incredible gift that heaven is, the amazing thing that God has prepared for us. We've talked about, again, you know, comparing heaven to all the positive alternatives like what an amazing gift God has given us that we do not have to sit in purgatory that we don't have to worry about reincarnation and trying to figure out a way to pay for our sins and have them kind of punished out of us until we're one with the, the you know the divine being or all these different alternatives and and thank God that there's a way that we can spend eternity with Jesus and know him and we don't have to you know be separated from him and we don't have to try to earn our way to him but man He's just made this amazing relationship with him we talked about how in heaven will be freed from sin and temptation we talked about how we will be reunited with loved ones we'll have no more tears and we'll have answers to all the scenarios that caused those tears in the first place we'll be free from all that causes pain there'll be no more abominations no more horrific wars and floods and famines and and earthquakes and tornadoes um, all wrongs made right it will be home and we will have total access to to Jesus. Last week we saw that heaven's going to be amazing for many reasons. We saw that personal knowledge will continue, the personal relationships and emotions will continue, personal love will continue, personal activities will continue. We saw that we're going to help God run the universe. We're going to laugh. We're going to worship. We're going to enjoy music. We're going to use our gifts and our talents. We're going to eat. We're going to be in this beautiful city, heaven on earth, in this renewed earth with perfectly heavenly bodies. Man, I pray that we're getting excited about heaven. But today I want to talk talk with you about living now for what will matter then. Like, how do we begin to live now for what will matter when we stand before God one day? We're all going to stand before God one day, and what's going to matter right there is so important, and and man, I pray that we would begin more and more to live for that moment. We would live here and now for that moment. I want to talk with you about What will matter there? And I also want to talk with you about those things that we tend to struggle with when it comes to, like, we get our eyes so focused on things here and now that that we get so stressed and and full of anxiety and and anxious that we, we lose sight of the fact that, man, the things that we so often are driving our whole lives at, when we stand before God in that moment, they're just not going to matter. All those things that have weighed on us, all those things that have brought us such fear and anxiety and pressure and stress in this life, man, there's going to be a moment we stand before God in the peace of God, and all of those weights will fall off. And I'm just saying, man, what if we start to, to get in on some of that here and now? So let's live now for what will matter then, and let's be at peace now, because we will stand before God one day in his perfect presence one day. You know, when I was younger, when I learned how to walk, I... Um had this issue. I, I tend to be a little distracted at times, okay. And so my parents tell me that as I learned to walk, I was always kind of looking behind me or to the side, like at something shiny or something going on, and I would always run into stuff. I, I've run into pianos, I've run into walls. I've, I told you guys, you know, I, I drove my big wheels down a flight of stairs, probably because I wasn't paying attention where I was going, you know. And you're all going, oh, the picture of Doug is becoming all the more clearer now, right? All those bumps on the head, right? But man, you know, I think it's so easy to lose sight of what what is so important, and that is what happens with us all the time, isn't it? When we think about eternity, we so often lose sight of what's actually important. I think back to 9-11. I think about um, what we went through as a nation, and I think about the fact that around that time, it felt like we all got our eyes on what was really important. I think about the heart of the pandemic just a few years ago, right in the midst of the worst of it, and I think that we had our eyes on what was important. You know, you start to think about how offices went remote and uh, offices shut for a while. And I think that like corner office on the executive floor wasn't quite quite driving life anymore, was it? I think about schools and schools went to remote remote learning or distance learning or were shut for time and and kind of those categories of jock and, and nerd and scholar and cheerleader and football captain, like all that kind of didn't matter for a while, did it? I think about many of us, like all of a sudden family and the importance of family came back into view during that time. And we we go through seasons of life where we get our eyes on something really important. Several of our guys over the last few weeks were down in Florida. Dan Murphy just got back and was telling me about the devastation they saw. And the reason they went was to help They were there to help people and just come along people. They partnered with some ministries and organizations and church people down there. And they were walking through the devastation of what happened through this last hurricane. And uh, Dan just told me, man, like, talk about getting your eyes open to what's important. Talk about seeing what really mattered. These people literally lost their entire homes. Or if their homes were still standing, everything in it was brought down to the curb. Everything. He said, Doug, imagine your house and everything in it is either gone or it's at the curb. And he said, yet the people had their eyes on God in a unique way. There was a joy about them. There was like an okay, we're going to get through this about them. Why? Because right now they have their eyes on what is most important. They're looking to their Savior. They're looking to the hope of what is to come. And that's the story of Christians, isn't it? Like looking to the hope of what is to come. And so how do we begin to live now for what will matter then? How do we begin to live in the peace that we will stand in then now? That's what I want to talk with you about here this morning. It's so important that we get our eyes on this. You know, we see this cycle with the Israelites, don't we? When things were good, they got their eyes off God. And then something would happen. There'd be a time of discipline. They'd get their eyes back on God. And they would come running back to God. Oh, God, I need you. I need you. And he'd come close, and he's so merciful and good to them. And then they would get good again. They'd get their eyes off God, right? Isn't it crazy how that happens? And so I just pray that you and I would get some motivation in our heart to live today for what will matter then. And to walk in the peace now of what will walk in then. We're going to look today at the throne of God, okay? Not the literal throne of God. I don't have a backstage or anything, all right? But we're going to look at the throne of God today as we see it in the book of Revelation. And I pray it will give us some incredible motivation. And this is just so important to talk about because, man, that day is going to come when we stand before God and there will be things we have lived for here and now that we'll be thankful we live for. But there'll be some things we wish we hadn't lived for. And I'm not here to say we're going to stand in heaven with all this regret because I believe that, again, if you're in God's presence, there is perfect peace and there is healing from all that has wounded, right? So that's a whole different conversation. But man, I want us to stand before God going, man, I'm so thankful I lived for something. I'm so thankful when I had my time on earth that it mattered and I made an impact and I had my eyes on Jesus and the reality of going to heaven one day changed the way I lived my life on earth. And then I walked in some of that peace that God promised. And that peace that will be fulfilled in his presence. Now I want you to hear something loud and clear today. Um, as I say every single week, it's not what we do here that gets us there. Right? We're not going to stand before God one day because we've been good here. We're going to stand before God one day because Jesus is so good. And he got on the cross and he hung in our place. And he was placed in a grave. And then he rose from the dead. And that's what gets us there. It's all that gets us there. But I also want to live now in the reality of what Jesus did for me. And when I stand before God, I want to say, I'm not here because of what I did. But man, I'm glad I lived for the things that mattered. I'm glad I made the impact I was supposed to make. And I long to live in the peace that God has. You know, some of this stuff we get ourselves worked up about is so dumb, isn't it? I mean, some of it's very real. I've been candid with you guys over the last season, over the last few years, um, starting with going through, leading through the pandemic, and then everything I went through in the hospital, and all the different things I went through, and I reference my health story sometimes, guys, and if you've never heard it before, I'm happy to share it. I don't share it weekly or even all that often because I know not everybody got, it, not everybody got the ending of the story that I got, and so I'm sensitive to that, and I want to be really careful about that. But I, I'm happy to share my story, but, but during, um, during that time, there was an anxiety that hit me, and so sometimes we're anxious about really real things, but sometimes don't we just do it to ourselves? You know, I'll give you an example. Um, the front speakers in my car stopped, working and I kind of lived with it for like a year like it was annoying you know what I mean it's like all right, it's not the end of the world, but then I was like, you know, I really want to get this fixed, so I, I walk into Best Buy, and I'm like, hey, the speakers in the front of my car aren't working, and the guy starts looking things up, and what it would take, and he's like, it'd be like a thousand dollars, man, I'm like, a thousand dollars, like, you know how much Chick-fil-A I can buy for a thousand dollars, like, I'm not spending that on speakers, and so I start to Google online, like, speaker repair, and I find this guy, who works out of his house, and so we set up an appointment, and I drive my car there, and he has this little, like, carport, vinyl tent looking thing on the side of his house and he says pull up in there and I pull up in there at a stranger's house it's pouring rain he's got no waiting room for me he says just stand here and I'm standing outside the car while he's working on the car for like three hours and he he does all this troubleshooting and he realizes that Uh, Maybe it's something with the battery and the battery apparently is in my trunk and so he says I need you to empty the trunk And I have the world's largest supply of softball equipment in my truck So I take all this stuff out and as I'm emptying the trunk I start to realize I'm here in the pouring rain in a carport at a random man's house and no one knows where I am He's probably gonna put my body in this trunk after he's finished with me But at least I'll be in the back by where the speakers work. So that was the benefit, right? And so we go through this, and, and I'm, I'm literally just like, like, think about all I was willing to do over a couple of speakers. Turns out he fixed them, 75 bucks. So if you need a name, I'll give it to you, but you might die. But isn't it crazy, this stuff, right? I'm losing sleep over this, and how am I going to, right? Like, like, I mean, I hope that maybe you've lived something like that, or there's some facet of your life that that, that sounds relatable to you, that there's something kind of so silly. Will I care about my speakers when I stand before the throne of God? No right? Now listen, is it wrong to get your speakers fixed? Of course not. But to lose sleep over it, to worry about it, to be anxious, to be stressed, to to, to spend all this time and energy, I'm just trying to say I think we do that so often in life and those moments add up and those things add up, don't they? And so what does it look like to begin to live now for what will matter then? Some of you guys are wondering if I have a cannon aimed at me here through the message here. I don't have a cannon aimed at me here. So here's a little visual for you. I just want you to think about your life for a minute. And I want you to think about what's in your wheelbarrow, okay? I think we all kind of have a wheelbarrow of stuff, don't we? I think we've got some different things. Some of us, if we were going to bring... our our most important thing, it would be represented by work. Some of us wear some of these at work, don't we? And some of us don't, but but this can represent work. And I think some of us kind of have, you know, fun and entertainment in our wheelbarrow, and we're kind of all about that. Some of us just, I mean, if we're honest, like, we're just going to sit down, we're going to watch TV until Jesus comes back. Like, that's just kind of what we do. Some of us, man, it's our yard, you know, it's just making sure our yard's working. And And everything and we want to make sure that it's the best yard on the block and and no one else has a better yard than we have and we've got the best grass and man we've got all our leaves up already and we we climbed the trees and took the leaves off the trees yesterday because if you ever noticed when you do the leaves right they're back in like 30 seconds right you've experienced this it's absolutely infuriating but what's in your wheelbarrow What's in your wheelbarrow? That's what I'm saying. Like, I think for some of us, now we can't take any of this stuff with us. It's not like we're going to bring this to God and be like, hey, how's it going? I'm here to enter into the joy of the Lord, right? (laughs) But I just wonder if we could almost bring a wheelbarrow of stuff that represented our life and what would it mean to us when we do stand before God. And I think, man, like, What's in your wheelbarrow? Like, what are those most important things you're living for right now? What are those things that have your heart? What are those things? And again, this is all my stuff. I mean, this isn't my TV, actually. I took this out of the back just to borrow it. I think it's broken, so. But this is, there's nothing wrong with any of this stuff. I work on my yard, I watch TV, I go to work, and my, I don't really play a whole lot of video games. My kids do, and I'll watch them, and I'll jump in and get beat real bad once in a while. And so I'm just asking, like, what would be in your wheelbarrow as you stand before God? And I just think... There's so much better to live for. Again, I'm not saying you're a bad person. If you have any of this stuff, I have this stuff. It's my wheelbarrow. It's nice, right? But what are you really living for? Like, what has your heart? I I can't say there's anything in this wheelbarrow that I'm all too excited to stand before God and say, this is what I spent, the driving force of my life. I think God's okay. We clean our yard and pick up our leaves and watch a little TV and place it, right, and work hard. Like, those are good things. But is this it? Is this all that will represent you and me as we stand before God one day? Man, we've got to live for so much more than that. So what's in your real battle? What are you living for? What are you stressed about? We're going to talk about it all here today. So we're going to look at Revelation 4 together today. If you want to open your Bible, your Bible app, or you can look at the screens, we'll have it all here. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm going to continue to talk about how we get to heaven. But let's look at Revelation 4. It says in verse 1, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. Okay, so John is the eye here. He says, I stand, right? I I looked, and there's this door standing open, and, and God gave John this vision. And as he's looking, he's seeing some pretty probable things. He's seeing that there's the door of heaven is open. Everybody say open. Like, that's pretty incredible. The door of heaven is not shut in John's vision. The door of heaven is open, that's amazing. Now, how did it get open? Is it open only to good people? How is it? It got open because Jesus got on the cross and died in our place, right? And so this door is open. Remember, one of the things we're going to enjoy about heaven is perfect access to Jesus. So here, the door is open. We have access to the God of all creation, the God of mercy and love. And then it says this, And the voice I first had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. So when it says after this, what does it mean? It means in the future. So in the future, here is what is, is going to happen. You're going to get a little bit of an idea of what this is going to look like. And it says here that he heard what first heard sounded like a trumpet, right? Like one of the things we have to understand as we look through this is John's just trying to get this out. Remember I said last week that We can understand some pretty awesome things about heaven, but we can't understand it all. And that's a good thing because God's so big, it would kind of be shrinking God down and the power of God down if we could just understand everything like we were on his level, right? We're not on his level. He's God. His ways aren't our ways. His thoughts aren't our thoughts. And so, you know, you and I trying to get an understanding of what John's saying is almost just as frustrating as him trying to explain what God showed him. And so he says, I, I heard like this, like, almost like this trumpet sound, right? Now, um, I would imagine if I had someone come into the back of the room with a trumpet right now and blow real hard, like everybody would sit up and listen and turn around. Now, the reason I didn't do that is because we're reading from the book of Revelation today. I want you to think Jesus was coming back before he actually does, okay? <laughs> but I think we would all go, oh, I heard something. I'm supposed to pay attention. And I think, and, and scholars think that when John's talking about this trumpet, it's not necessarily a literal trumpet, it's this. Wow, I'm supposed to be listening now. There's something that should have my attention here. And John, again, is just trying to get all of this out as clearly as he can. It's otherworldly. This is God's idea. Heaven's is God's creation. And and you and I stand here uh, on one level of God's creation, but heaven is at a whole different level, isn't it? A few weeks ago, I was at a pastor's meeting, and uh, one of the pastors has a person in their church that has this incredible house and so they invited all of us pastors to go, and we, we, we talked, and we prayed, and we encouraged one another, and we were, it was awesome. It was amazing. We looked at some scripture together. It was incredible, but we had this amazing view, okay, and I took a picture of the view. Here's a picture of the view, okay. Now, some of you are looking at that like, all right, so there's a sky. I see like some trees, and maybe behind there some water and some boats. It just looks a little fuzzy. And then you can see the, the beautiful man in the corner of the bottom left is, is myself. Um, but but I, I took this picture off the window on purpose because I want you to realize like that's what John trying to explain heaven is kind of like. It's not a perfect picture, is it? It's like, let me get out what I can here. And, and I kind of stealthily took this shot during the pastor's meeting, I don't want to be like, I'm going to take a picture from my church right now. I just stealthily kind of held up my phone and hit it real quick, just trying to get out what I could. But let me show you the actual view now. This is later after the meeting. That's where we were. Yeah, wow. Nobody said wow at the first picture, right? Because that was a representation, but it's hard to get it out. It's hard to give you the clear shot you know? And I think that's what's true as we read the scriptures. We can know a lot about heaven, but also John's just trying to get out this otherworldly experience. And so one day we'll see that, right? One day we'll see clearly the actual shot. But for now, we're kind of looking, trying to get a clear understanding of what John's saying as he has this incredible experience. As I said last week, you've all had an experience where you were explaining it to someone and then eventually you just said, "I I can't even explain it. It was just that amazing, I think that's part of what we're feeling here as we understand what John is saying here. It goes on in verse 2. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven. Everybody say throne Remember, we're going to look at the throne of God today. There was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. So God's sitting on the throne. John's before the throne in this vision. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Ruby. Listen, it doesn't say the throne has the appearance of Jasper and Ruby. It says the person sitting on it does. Now, that's weird, right? Because we don't imagine God looking like that. And I don't think that is what God looks like. And we know God is spirit, but we also know Jesus was flesh and blood, right? And we know there's going to be spiritual bodies. So again, we're, we're wrestling with some of this, but I don't think it's saying that God looks like jaspers and ruby sitting on the throne. Here is what I think it's saying. The stones likely represent the purity and holiness of God. And so John has this revelation of like, wow, I just see purity and holiness coming from that throne. It's incredible. I just see purity and holiness. These stones were the first and the last of the 12 gemstones that the Jewish priests would have worn in the book of Exodus, right? Um, red was also commonly worn by princes. And so you see, wow, there's this amazing, like princely, priestly, wonderful thing flowing from the, the throne of God. The purity and the holiness and the awesomeness. Uh, These these, um, rubies and uh, these stones would have been really valuable, of course, in John's day even more so than ours. And so I'm just going to ask a question. What are we living for now for when we stand before that? And what peace can we walk in now knowing one day we'll stand before that? And what's in our wheelbarrow, and what are we living for, and what has our heart, and what has our affections, man? Is it's, it's just everything about work? Is everything about the dollar? Or is it something more? Is everything about the entertainment? Is everything about the, 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 the yard, right? Or the home, or what we're putting into it, or what we're going to get, or what we're investing, right? Like, what's going to matter there? Then it says this, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne and the rainbow reminds us of the promise that God gave in Genesis chapter 9 that he would never flood the earth again, right? This appearance of the rainbow reminds us of the power of God and the mercy and the grace of God. That God would withhold judgment like that. What's in our wheelbarrow? What are we living for? It goes on in verse 4. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. And these people appear to be humans sitting with God. What does that represent? It represents you and me. It represents the church. It represents people who are sinners, who've been forgiven and washed clean, and are now, like we talked about last week, reigning With God, what will matter there as you and I reign with God? Like, what here? Again, we have responsibility here. It's okay to enjoy entertainment here. It's good to have friendship here. It's good to, you know, work hard on your yard and your home. It should be something you care for. Don't just let it go because you're like, one day I'll be with Jesus, right? We're not saying, like, the Titanic's going down. Let's just let it all kind of fall apart. Like, no, no, no. There's responsibility. But, man, I just wonder... If for, for many of us the struggle is that it all becomes about this. It all becomes about this. I want to make sure I'm living now for what will matter there. And there's going to be a day where you and I, cleansed and whole, will reign with God. We'll be sitting somebody where we do not belong. We have no business sitting there uh, based on our own merit. But God's made a way. Many of you guys know I'm a Mets fan. You can pray for me later, but uh Back in the day, there was Shea Stadium. Now there's City Field. Okay, and what they did was they um, built City Field in the parking lot of Shea Stadium, and then they tore down Shea Stadium. And when they tore down Shea Stadium, they put all of the plates in the parking lot right where the bases were really cool right so you're walking through the parking lot and you can stand at home for a second third of what used to be the Shea stadium baseball field and one day my family and i are walking through the parking lot and there's this old man standing at home plate and he's just looking at home plate like in awe and as we're walking by he looks at my kids and he goes do you know who hit right here he starts to list all these old-time players. It was so cool. He starts to list all these old-time players. So-and-so stood here. So Willie Mays stood here at this plate, and he hit. And, and he was just stood there and all, oh, and it was cool. We took some pictures and stuff, and, and it's just like we're standing somewhere that on our own merit we don't really belong, right? Like we, don't, we shouldn't be standing with those names. And that's exactly what John's seeing here. Here are humans sitting with God, reigning with God. We don't belong there, yet we will be there. So what can we do here and now that will matter there? And what peace can we walk in here and now knowing that we have been cleansed and washed free of all of our sin and we will one day sit with God? Verse 5. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. Some of you are going, well, that sounds horrifying. That doesn't sound peaceful. Listen. There will be awe at the throne of God. There will be amazement, and reverence at the throne of God. But listen to me, there will be no fear at the throne of God because you know who sits there is the Prince of Peace, right? The Prince of Peace. And his awe, right? These noises probably represent his awe and his power and his authority and yet you and I will stand there where we don't belong perfectly at peace. Have you ever been in a scenario where you shouldn't have had peace but you had peace because of who you were standing with? You know you're you're, you're, you're in the city as a kid, or you're you know, climbing a mountain you know, with your family as a kid, and, but you're holding dad's hand, right? Or, or mom's right there, and there's security. You're, you're backstage at some show, you know, some concert, and, and you're, you'd be intimidated, but you're with so-and-so from work, and they got this box, and they got this pass in the back, and you got your lanyard, and so you could walk wherever you want to walk. You don't have to have fear, right? Like, you can... Can, can understand that you shouldn't be there and you don't necessarily belong, but, but here you are and you've been invited and you've been included and you're there and you can just be there at peace. Man, that's something to live for. It goes on, in front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Now listen, there aren't seven literal spirits of God. There's one Holy Spirit of God, right? And if you're a follower of Jesus, that Holy Spirit of God's been placed in you. So why does it say seven lamps and seven spirits? Well, they represent the things that the Spirit of God does. Salvation, conviction, guidance, leading, comfort, right? We could go on and on about the things that the Spirit of God does. So remember these gifts that God gives through His Spirit. will stand there one day, friends. It goes on. Also in front of the throne, There was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Many theologians believe this represents God's calm rule. God's calm rule over all things. That we can sit back and say okay man man life seems crazy you know i'm candid with you guys about things i go through our family goes through man life's crazy stuff is difficult we all walk in the same painful world don't we and there's loss and there's hardship and there's difficulty but but somehow some way there's this plan and there's this god who is calmly ruling over all things and that doesn't necessarily mean that there's easy answers for the things we go through right But just reminding ourselves today, wait a minute, okay, so there is a throne, and there is a God sitting on it, and there's a calm rule, and there's a peace, yet there's a power and an authority, and the Spirit of God's doing His thing, and wow, so this is a whole big scene to take in, isn't it? And then it goes on in the center around the throne were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. That sounds terrifying, doesn't it? The first living creatures. I never saw that Halloween costume, by the way. You know, like, oh yeah, it's the throne of God um, covered with eyes front and back costume. Um, The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. And again, symbolic here, okay? The lion, strength, ox, service, man, wisdom, eagle, obedience. Can we agree Whether we can make sense of all that or not, that this will be an environment that our wheelbarrows will be pretty disconnected from us. Where the cares and weights of this world will be pretty disconnected from us. And Jesus already says to us, right? Hey, cast your anxieties on me, right? Peter tells us, cast your anxieties on the Lord because he cares for you. Like, I want to begin to do that. And look, easier said than done, I get it. I get it, I understand that. I'm in that battle with you. But, But we can cast... Our anxieties on him because he cares for us. The same God that's sitting on the throne in this environment that is so otherworldly and mind-blowing to us. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And as I said last week, Louis Giglio says, Every time we look in the scriptures and we get a glimpse of heaven, worship is room temperature. That's just what it is. And here are these beings just crying out day and night, never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And guys, our our worship is powerful. I think about the fact that we join that together this morning as we worship, don't we? Like how beautiful is that? We're worshiping along with what's happening in heaven. It says this in verse 9. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, which remember represent you and me, Fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They are so not consumed with anything in the wheelbarrow, so not consumed with anything that they've experienced before. How do we start to live like that? How do we start to walk in that peace? I think it's when we begin to remember that we'll be here one day, that we will stand there one day, and we will know this God face to face like I said, all the things that I've mentioned in the previous two weeks are already true of us. Healed, bodies whole, souls washed clean of any remembrance of what it's like to walk in guilt. Relationships restored, seeing loved ones that have gone before us, tears wiped from our eyes, answers, and we stand here. And I just think that reminder of, yes, this is coming, a day is coming like this is so important for us and then i love this because it just shows me that all this stuff in the wheelbarrow that i care so much about so often that we live so much for so often is so not worth the time the energy and the stress that we give it is this next part so the 24 elders right it said in the last part are down on their faces and they're worshiping god and it says They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So they have crowns on their heads, and they've taken them off and laid them at the feet of Jesus. As if to say, even if this one thing was in our wheelbarrow, the one thing that could in some way honor or glorify us or bring attention to us or make it about us, we just lay it right at your feet, God. Again, I just wonder about our wheelbarrow today. I'm not trying to belittle any of the stuff we're going through, the pain, the frustration, the hurt or the effort or the hard work. I'm not trying to belittle any of that. It's a balance, isn't it, everybody? It's a tension here. We've got responsibility and good things to enjoy here, but we've got to keep our eyes there because, man, this day is coming. And I don't know about you, I want to make sure that I stand there before God saying, God, by the grace you give, I lived for the purposes you had for me, and I pointed as many of my family to you, my children to you, my wife to you, our church to you, our friends to you, our community to you, our neighbors to you, because that's what's going to matter in that moment is who we've lived for him and who's there with us right and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that next week but what will matter there in front of that amazing throne and all that awe and glory yet peace and calm what will matter there because i want you and i to begin to live now for what will matter before the throne of god i want us to begin to live now for what will matter then i want us to walk in some of the peace now that we will stand in then And so what's in your real battle? What are you living for? What has your heart? And many of you may have this already in balance. Maybe today is just an encouragement to keep going. You're like, Doug, I really passionately think Jesus is first, and then the rest is second. I really think I'm living for him first, and then the rest is kind of in the spot it should be. But man, there's some conviction in my own heart today that I have to get this balance better. Because I want to stand before God in that, in that moment and know I've got no regrets. You know, I think about how we understand this idea of looking at something ahead and Allowing it to, to mean something for us now. Like, I think about uh, brides who, you know, stood up on their wedding day. Usually they have decided many different decisions before that. It's going to cost me money. It's going to cost me time. I'm going to not eat this, that, or the other and work out seven days a week so I fit in that gown perfectly, right? Like, all that effort about something because it's coming. I think about the scholar who's like, you know what? I can't go out with the friends. Everybody's going out after the football game. I got a huge test. I'm going to go back and study, right? My eyes are on something ahead that's going to cost me something now. The musician who's going to practice and practice and practice. they got blisters all over their hands. They've been playing so hard. They've been trying so hard and working so hard because the concert's coming, right? And I just think about you and I who are, you know, I've got to buy a house on Long Island, so no, we're not going to eat out for like a year and a half, you know. We're going to, you know, scrimp and save. We're going to do whatever we can. And and we understand that. We've got our eyes on something out there, so it's going to change how I live today. And man, what, what greater motivation than Standing before the throne of God, accepted as His. Not fearful because you have nothing to fear. Not re- regretful about, you know, oh, well, I made that stupid decision in college or I did that thing and that business deal. I should, uh, man, I'm so just beating myself up about that. No, like that's over. That's done with. You are standing whole in the very presence of God. That's got to begin to impact how we live here and now. Let's begin to give Him those stresses. You know what's kind of crazy? The last message I worked on before I went into the hospital in December of 2020 this is going to sound weird to you was this message. It was the last message I worked on I actually forgot about it. I was going to preach it the first Sunday in January of 2021, when I was on event at that point. And I was working on it before Christmas, and I, I didn't have a ton of it done. I had the verses there. I had some thoughts on the verses written out, but I planned on preaching it that following Sunday. And Kelly actually reminded me about this message. She said, Doug, you know, when you were in the hospital and you were doing really bad, I just needed to like, I almost needed like a connection with you. I just needed to hear from you. So she so I opened up your computer and I just looked for your most recent message you were working on and I just read through it. I'm thinking how crazy is it that the last message I worked on before I went into the hospital was about standing before the throne of God. I was so close. I was right there. What had I lived for, right? If I stood before God, again, not because of goodness would I stand before God, but because of his goodness. But if I stood there, will I have lived for the things that mattered? Will I have pointed people to Jesus? Will I have honored him with my life? Not perfectly, because I'm imperfect, right? Just like you. But would I stand there saying, I'm so thankful that I made this decision or that decision? I think about people that we lost over the last few years. I think about people that stand before God's throne right now. I think about my mom in his presence right now. And I just want to tell you that there is not one moment of living for the purposes and the things of God that they regret right now. The people that they've loved, the people that they've served, the people they've prayed for, the ways that they've given of themselves, the ways that they maybe push some of these things further back away so they could get closer to Jesus. They've pushed some of these things further away so that they could impact other people for Jesus. Like, they don't regret a moment of that. Right now, standing before the throne of God. I think they're all going. It was so worth it. It was so worth it. Like the bride on her wedding day. all the work, the planning. It was so worth it. The scholar who gets the scholarship, right? The musician who gets the standing ovation that you walk through your home and you begin to make it your own. It was so worth it. It was so worth not eating out. It was so worth the study, the hard work, the practice. And man, what a day it will be when we stand before God and we think, man, the sacrifices, the fasting, the prayer, the loving my enemies, the forgiving, the shutting down gossip, the, the, the turning away from the TV or the device when that horrific, shady image comes up I got no business looking at. The times I put the stupid yard work aside so I could play with my kids. The time when I said maybe no to the extra work trip so that I could be there for my family. The times I, I put the video game down, right, so I could continue to grow my relationship with God like it's all going to be worth it. And you fill in the blank for whatever maybe you have in your wheelbarrow. But let's begin to live now for what will matter when we stand before the throne of God. And let's begin to walk in the peace that God offers us right here and right now. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you go, man, I would love to go to heaven, man. I mean, it sounds a little, little amazing, like, like my mind's a little blown about what John has seen here today. I don't get it all. I know we don't get it all because we're looking through that, that window, that, that mirror, like a little dim, right? Like it says in the scriptures. But one day we'll see it all. And one day we'll be going, oh, that's what John was trying to say when he said the trumpet and the rainbow thing, and there was like rubies and emeralds, and like, like uh, here it is. Like, I get it. I see it. But man, what can we begin to change here and now? And I would really encourage you to, to find something specific as you leave today. Maybe it's just like, you know what? I've got to cut my entertainment watching down so I can live for what matters. I've got to let a little bit of this go with the yard or the house or the the, the, everything has to be just so. And get, hey, man, guys, I'm in on that, man. Anyway, I remember this commercial years ago, and it, it was just, they, the marketing on it was brilliant. It, it was this family. It was a wife and kids looking at the lawn in, like, December. And they were like, Dad, this is the greenest lawn in the neighborhood. Thanks, man. Like, come on. My kids don't care what color my lawn is. Right? It could be orange, and they wouldn't even notice. But, man, the stuff we buy into, the stuff we get distracted by, the stuff that drives, drives us. And what will matter right there and again it's a balance everybody it's a balance but i just don't want my wheelbarrow to have it have my heart first if you're not a father of jesus what can you walk away with today i pray relationship with jesus access to heaven because jesus died on a cross for you and he loves you if anybody wants to talk more about this you have questions about this i'd love to talk with you more but man i pray this week we'll live for what matters there not so much here. And we'll walk in the peace that we'll walk in there. Not so much here. And I think it happens as we get our eyes on heaven, get our eyes on him. Remember, tomorrow at work, this week at school, by the time we're at community group together this week, we won't have forgotten that we're going to stand before this amazing throne one day. By the time we get together next week, by the time some of us guys are on the men's retreat, by the time we're all here together next Sunday for part four as we close this out, I pray we won't have forgotten that we will stand before the throne of God one day. Let's live now for what will matter then. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much that this day is coming, God. And um, it's a big day. (laughs) It's a big day to think about standing in your presence with access to you, with closeness with you, with no more regret or tears or sickness or disease. But God, oh, Jesus, help us begin to live now for then. Help us with this, God. There's pressures all around us. There's entertainment all around us. There's distraction all around us. But God, help us to live now for what will matter. Right there. If you're a follower of Jesus, would you pray about it? Would you say, God, would you by your spirit right now show me if there is anything that I've put before you? God, you show me if that wheelbarrow of stuff has my heart more than you do. And God, show me what changes to make. I really encourage you today. To walk out of here saying okay i can i can spend less time here and more time with jesus i could spend less time on that less effort less energy on that and more time pointing people to jesus i can spend less time stressing on that and walking the peace that god has for me please leave with something specific today if you're not a follower of jesus and you want to put your trust in him i'd love for you to pray with me now you could just pray something like this quietly jesus thank you so much for dying so that i could stand with you one day Thank you so much for dying for me so that I can be free of my sin and my guilt and my shame. And I can know you. And the day will come I'll see you face to face, forgiven and whole. Thank you, God. Show me how real you are. In your name I pray.